0: Welcome to the New Chuan Podcast. Uh, my name is Isaac Kamins. This is a bi-weekly podcast where my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, qigong, and meditation. Uh, this week, we finish our discussion on Grandmaster Li Sun Yi. Uh, we take a look at his book uh, from, I believe it's 1919. He talks uh, about the five elements and their relationship to Xing Yi. So we talk a bunch about the different aspects of the five elements and how that relates to movement and martial arts. Uh, then we talk a bit about the wan uh, Wanchuan, the linking form of Shing Yi, and how that develops certain aspects of shingi's uh, Yi's fighting practices. Then we move on to the ne Gong practice session of the podcast, where we lead a short little session on the bending and straightening ne Gong in addition to that, uh, check out our Patreon. We released an interview recently with uh, Mary Christensen, one of Bruce's longtime Tai Chi students and uh, one of his first Bagua students, so check that out. Also, we'll have the third part of our Xing Yi practice session coming up probably this week or next. So check it out. Hope you enjoy the episode, and thanks for listening.
1: The Nejiatuan Podcast with Isaac and Jess. Today we're going to talk some more about the great Yi master Li Tsun Yi. So looking further at Master Li's book here, um, he talks a lot about how the elements interact with each other and the five different elements of Xing Yi and of nature itself. Um, so there's there's quite a bit of philosophy here that's interesting. And then there's also the idea of each of the five elements generates one of the others. And subsequently, each of the five elements can uh, as he puts here, overcome one of the others. So there's the degenerative five elements and the degenerative five elements. He talks about that as well.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's called the creative and destructive cycles. Um, and mostly I think it, they're referring to directions, right? That the each element is referring to a motion, right? So metal is a chopping motion, top to bottom. Water is a drilling motion from bottom to top. Uh, wood is a straight motion from forward to back. Sorry, from back to forward. Uh, fire is a diagonal motion from bottom to top. And uh, earth is a horizontal motion crossing the body, right? So you have a f- physical action that goes with each of these elements which gives you context and then there's the whole thing about you know this technique is will counter that technique because of the elemental component of it right so it gives you a context for like a framework for how to put the different techniques together the most you know obvious one being that metal chops wood right? right so that you know if somebody comes at you with a straight punch you do the downward chopping motion and it counters that thing right Likewise, if somebody comes at you with a downward chopping motion, you use the upward fire motion because fire melts metal, uh-huh. right? It's things like that, yeah, you know.
1: Right. That, I don't know how much you make it, up how, how it would work.
0: Right, and I don't know how much of it actually holds up when you get into full-on improvisational combat. Right. But at least, it's like I said, though, as yeah. a framework for learning, yeah, it's, it's a very helpful kind of... Right, it
1: helps you divide up which actions are going to work for what. And then there's the five-element side of the have train before where you try to feel that elemental awareness inside your body on, like, a negong level as well. Right, that's more you the... That that's,
0: yeah, that's the Taoist negong aspect of it sort of folded into the martial art part of it, which not all schools of Shin'i do that. That's a, right. But you can clearly see from the Litsen-Yi book that he does, that school they did talk about. interesting. pretty I mean, interesting. They are... You know, not one of these schools where it is just in name or just in theory. In theory, they're they're directly saying you know you have to activate this action, you know, this channel in order to right. do the technique.
1: They're spelling that out on sort of a Chinese medicine level and an energetic right. level,
0: which is kind of what sets Xingyi apart. I mean, is that it? You know, it's very simple on a physical level, but. It has these layers of, you know, internal aspects and elemental aspects and mental aspects and all this other stuff that kind of that you know, takes a long
1: time to develop. Right, I get that for sure. Um, and so, when you're doing those elemental practices, that's like neg going within your body to feel that. Uh, it's not just it's like feel fire, but feel the nature of fire and how it might work within a physical system. So yeah,
0: the nature of the element or the way the element is manifested in your body, right? So it's like, like you said, it's not, you know, it's it's not a literal thing, but it's a, you know, a, a, the way it is inside your
1: body. Right. So that's what we'll be doing on the Patreon episodes.
0: The Santee stuff we're putting out on the Patreon is about how you develop that five element practice, which, you know, doesn't have a direct combat application, but it is the sort of groundwork that Chingy was based on, you know, the
1: the fundamental principles that are are in this first chapter here. Right. Moving on to section three, explanation of the four antennas. Now, this isn't something I've heard about until I read this book. Uh, Well, a little bit, but not in this context. He says, the body has blood, muscle, sinew, and bone. The end points of these tissues are called antenna. So I think I have read in other books about uh, the tips of the... Mm -hmm of the flesh is the fingernails or something like that. Right, right, right. Here he's saying, the antenna of the blood is the hair, the antenna of the muscle is the tongue, the antenna of the sinews is the nails, and the antenna of the bones is the teeth. When the four antennas express power, they can transform you into something unearthly, transmitting to the opponent that he should fear you. (laughs) Like, oh my God, this is kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, that's that's very primal.
1: It's super primal, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting, he was talking about this philosophy stuff at the beginning, like, these elements within you and stuff. But now, the so listen to this first poem. The blood's antenna. Filled with a rage, your hairs will stand on end. With your blood clearly quickened, the opponent will tremble in fear. Even though hairs are so small, they have no trouble in wrecking the opponent's morale.
0: Hmm. Again, yeah, I think this speaks to that uh, internal, quote-unquote, aspect of it. They're tr- he's trying to say that, you know, this isn't just about what's happening outside of you, that you're you're feeling something that you know it's it's a it's a physical sensation not just a thought or a mm.
1: reflexive action right so you are not like pumping yourself up in your mind going i'm i'm fire i'm a tiger or whatever right right, right. That you're is. letting some you're filled with a rage and your hairs stand on end i mean that's your that's a lot of energy boiling up
0: yeah i don't know if i would use the term rage but it's it's aggression yeah Right, I mean the, the the phrase I like is it's it's aggression without emotion, mm. right? So that that fire is not you know fire doesn't get angry when it jumps from one tree to another. It just does it because that's what its nature is. Shingi is kind of the same way. It, you know, its nature is to uh, penetrate and smush and and burn and crush whatever's in front of it. And so this this idea of you know you have to have a certain mentality for that to happen and so this you know these these each one of these elements is representative not just of a physical thing but also a mindset right so the mm. first one metal the mindset of metal is um it, it's the ability to focus on something right? It's, it's the mental element. It's the, you know, you want to put your attention on something. That's the metal element, right? The the thing that sort of cuts through all the noise around you and says, I'm going to look at this one thing in front of me rather than the, you know, 10,000 things that are coming at me, right? So, you know, you want to read something. Your mind has to do a metal thing to get there, right? Then, Water, for example, is the ability for your mind to sit with something, to, like, you know, just be there and be calm with an idea. Uh, Wood is the ability for your mind to penetrate something, go deeper and, like, you know, kind of see outside the box, or in, in this case, deeper into the box, right? So you're able to, like, Go from a surface level idea of something to a much deeper mm-hmm. a rootedness. Yeah, um, fire is the ability to uh, not get stuck on one idea, but to be able to multitask essentially mm-hmm. to have mo- m- you know multiple ideas in your head at the same time that can all be burning. You know, multiple you know multiple fires burning right mm-hmm. that you have a lot of stuff going on, but you're able to like jump from one to the other. And then earth is the idea that your mind is able to just be stable no matter what happens. Right. So the, you know, the, the Kipling thing of, you know, if the world is going to shit around me, I can keep my, you know, my Mm. center. Right. That, and this idea that you just, um, are able to stay, you know, contained within your own field and not be influenced by what's around you. Right? That stability of, of Earth, right? And so the, each one has its own kind of like yeah, piece to it. But, anyways, moving on.
1: Right, fair enough. And I just wanted to hit the last one here the antenna of the bones. Courage lies in the bones and expresses in the teeth. The opponent's flesh looks yummy, says your glaring eyes. Bearing your teeth will make him quite unnerved. <laughs>
0: So the very first time I ever heard Bruce talk about Xing Yi, he Yi, we were at a retreat and somebody asked him you know, if he would teach Xing Yi. And then he was talking about, sure, and, you know I'll do it. And then someone asked, well, what's Xing Yi like compared to Tai Chi? And he lunged at the guy, bent his head to the side and put his teeth on the guy's neck. <laughs> and he stopped. I mean, he didn't. Penetrate the guy, but but he said that's shinny. So well, yeah, that teeth thing kind of resonates.
1: Moving to the next section of the book, Master Li Yi says, "The practice of boxing arts is eighty percent solo practice, twenty percent partner. Thus it is said, strengthening the body is constant; defeating the opponents is only temporary." So that's well, know, well, yeah. Chinese martial arts does a lot of solo practice, right? right?
0: I think that speaks to the sort of self cultivation aspect of it. You know that. These guys were promoting martial arts as a way of sort of, you know, more than just fighting arts, as as health arts, as, you know, national arts. Strengthening. So, they always kind of threw in this other thing of, you know, it's more than just, you know, killing somebody.
1: But, then again, Mr. Master Lee switches back. As for strengthening the body, any boxing can be practiced. But, as for defeating opponents, the five elements techniques are best. A method of defeating opponents requires quality more than quantity. These techniques can be used to fight against one person or many. If you're practicing too many techniques, you'll be neglecting all of them. If you strive to have a large amount, you'll only end up with a big mess. If your body has not been properly trained, you will lose.
0: Yeah, and I and think... that's
1: Shingy in a nutshell, right? Absolutely. it's I mean, it,
0: it, And I think that speaks to this idea in Shingi that, you know, it's not about learning a bunch of techniques. It's about having the internal, you know... Cohesion, connection, right? connection, power, whatever term you want to use, so that the few techniques that you have work. And, you know, the, uh, I think it was Wang Shijing that said, you, know, uh, you know, it's better to do one technique well than a thousand, te- yeah. a thousand techniques poorly. You know, that, that the, you know, one good patron is worth a million different kicks and jumps and slaps. And, you know, because if they don't do anything to me and my patron drops you to the floor, Yeah, And so that that aspect of Shingi is there is this, um, uh, you know, it isn't pretty, but it works well thing, right? We keep
1: coming back to that. He talks about that again in the next paragraph. This one's good. It's human nature to devote our attention to what we enjoy. We want things to be full-flavored rather than bland and boring, to be wide-ranging rather than restricted, or to come to us quickly rather than making us wait. A lonely pine tree with long branchless trunk may not be pleasing as freshly flowering willows, but what is better at surviving through a harsh winter?
0: There you go. The
1: five elements techniques are all simple postures and are thus the proper thing for ordinary practice. Yeah. He's just ripping other martial arts in a way. Just like, look, all that flowery crap. You just want to be a lone pine trunk through harsh winter.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I. Yeah, yeah he is. But I <laughs> mean, I, there is also that aspect of saying, you know, it isn't about. Uh, better or worse, it's about function, right? And and that the function of something like Xing Yi is not to be flashy and to be pleasing to the outside. It's to work. It's to, you know, withstand attack, you know? And so those two things don't pair up. I mean, one of my favorite uh, quotes about Xing Yi from Wang Ji Wu was... uh, you don't. You can't be too smart if you do want to do shingi, right? That your mm-hmm. mind can't be too looking for something to do, mm-hmm. right? Like he's like, if if you're more that Salt way, pepper, you know, it. then you do tai chi or something with a more complicated form. It gives your mind something to kind of
1: be more occupied. S-
0: be occupied with shingi. The that's only true. the only thing you're occupied with in shingi is doing the single technique that you're doing and maybe breathing. But you know, that's it. There isn't like there isn't the the form There's of it is of quite simple, you know. And I think that's uh, what, in a sense, it makes it special. Is I got
1: to read. There's some more poetry on the exact All same right. topic. Go for it. So deep there is no bottom. So vast there is no horizon. Boxing arts are like this. If you achieve a shallow level, you may be able to deal with one opponent. But if you achieve the deepest level, you'll be able to deal with any numbers of them. To practice boxing arts, you truly have to be humble. If you only take a taste and then stop working sporadically, you cannot expect to get very far. The five element techniques are not at all easy. After just a few months, you'll see great progress. But even after 10 years, you will still have not have mastered them. Yeah, that's profound. I mean, he just beats this topic into the ground. Yeah. He's just like again and again just repeating. Well, but it, It's I mean, not it, necessarily going to be pretty. You're just going to go slow and sure.
0: But that last part, mm. what was the Read the line? Yeah, right?
1: you'll see just in a few months, you'll see a bunch of progress. But then ten years later, they'll still have, you haven't mastered it right. even yet.
0: And this idea that you know, in in a few months, you'll learn the fighting techniques, mm-hmm. the you know, the cover chop, the stepping out of the way, the bung trend hit, the pow trend returning, all this stuff, and that will you you know, you'll be able to fight with it in, a, in maybe three months is a bit much, but you know, maybe if a you year. Practice every day. It yeah, sure, good. sure, sure, right. But, but then once you can do that, there's a whole other level of it, which is the lifetime of practice that can go into these arts to develop this other aspect of it, if you want to, right? Like, you don't have to, but he's clearly saying that Shingy mm. can be the vehicle for this cultivation of chi mm-hmm. and yeah. mind and power and all this other stuff, you know, beyond the three months of, you know... Uh, as Bruce used to say, "Boom, boom, bang, bang," right? The, just the the bashing your arms together and hitting each other stuff, which is admittedly, I mean, for a lot of people, that's the fun part of it, right? Is the hitting, the fighting, the martial art part of it, the you know the work of it, the the not the fun part, but the negong part of it is the uh, you know the slow grinding training of doing santi over decades and the breathing practices and you know the stance work mm-hmm. and the stuff that really makes you, you know, if you want to take it to the level of being good at fighting with shingi, you you can't just do it for once a week for an hour. You yeah. you, you really have to train it for decades.
1: Yeah, that can be yeah. a good exercise, but they're not going to be uh, yeah at the highest level.
0: Obviously. Well, and it's it, you know the 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 thing of like knowing something versus knowing it right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take very long to know the shingi five elements you can learn those in a weekend but to really understand the complexity of each of those techniques and all the different ways you can apply those techniques to martial arts that takes you know 20 30 years at the minimum
1: you know there's so much creativity involved and it's just a matter of doing it and enjoying it
0: yeah and it's like music you know there's only you know there's only 12 notes right
1: Every Chingy's only got five. Right.
0: Every piece of music you've ever heard in your entire life was made up of those same twelve tones. I mean, that's, unless you're listening to some really weird stuff. But most you know, most Western music is frameworked around, you know, a very basic structure. Shingy's the same way, it's a real basic structure, but then you can layer it, improvise improvise over it, um, Transpose things, connect things, do all these other things. So, it isn't always the same way, even though it's the same techniques. It's like, or cooking is another example. Sure, ingredients. Yeah, a million times. Beans, rice, meat, and cheese. You can do a lot with those. <laughs> you know, four ingredients.
1: All right, let's end with this last one, where he, where Master Lee is still going on this rant. Opinionated people keep saying that boxing teachers are all selfish, that whenever you ask them something, they don't explain, and whenever they do explain, they don't explain it fully. But is this really so? Students who are so full of themselves will either recklessly challenge others and invite disaster or they love to fight so much that they go around bullying people. They are vehicles for their own destruction. Students are in constant, learn something halfway, and they think they know it well enough. They start in the morning, but they quit by evening, and then they say they've completed the course. When you test your skills and find out that it's useless, do not say my teacher cheated me. Say, I practiced it wrong. It was not that the teacher failed you. It was that you never took the art seriously. How was he being selfish?
0: <laughs> I feel like that might be a personal dig on somebody, right? Uh, like, I mean,
1: but you, just think of the old crusty teachers you've known who are just like, they're always spouting complaints how everyone's I'm, doing it I all mean, wrong. You know?
0: you know, I can relate to that. You no, know, sometimes no. as a teacher, it's frustrating to see <laughs> your students not progress, but you know, you did your best, and <laughs> you know, I'm sort of like, well, it ain't my fault.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's just writing them off, like, what, you know, he's like, quit blaming the teacher, it's not our fault, the students are out there beating each other up, yep. and then, you know, not training hard enough to get it down.
0: It's uh, funny.
1: It's same old, you know, same old complaint from teachers 100 years ago till today. Pretty much. The next section of Lee Tsuni's book is called the uh, is about the Leon juan trend, the uh, continuous boxing set. He says here, the continuous boxing set is based on the five elements techniques. If the five techniques have not yet been practiced to familiarity, there's no point in learning the continuous boxing set. He said the set has altogether ten postures, minus the beginning and turning, about half of them advancing, half retreating. Um, although the scope of practicing only back and forth is rather small, it does have the mes- method of reaching far. Practice in a broad space so the postures do not get shortened reach far all the way through the first performance of the postures do not turn around until you perform the final crashing movement then repeat the movements and then by going back and forth all over again the set will consist of 40 postures so that's that Leon Juan set that goes there's a series of punching and kicking as you go back and forth yeah not much kicking mostly punching but it's the different it's a different than the other shiny sets because you go back and forth on a line. I guess some of the animals you might do that, but in terms of the shingy five elements, this adds footwork, a different right. type of footwork.
0: Well, well, the way I understand it is that when you initially learn the five elements, if you just stick into the classic thing and you don't deviate, most of it's, really like all of it's going forward. Um, and that what the Leon one teaches is the thing of going backwards and forward and being able to issue full power as you go backwards. There's a little bit Stand of it. Set back and shoot forward. Right. For example, there's a little bit of it in the turnaround of Bungchen, so it's usually been introduced there, hmm. the concept, but you know, one movement doesn't really give you that many different hmm. variations on it. Um, for example, I learned a lot of it in P-Trim, but that was a deviation from the form. Right? Hmm. It wasn't in the form to do it that way. The Leon one is... It's in the form to go back, forward, back, forward, yeah. forward, back, forward. And this and is And you a, cross
1: step too. You step with one side while you punch with right. the other. So you start weaving those
0: and this this cross back, connections. Yeah, this back and forth thing of, of of the stepping, I think, is one of the essential pieces of shingi if you're gonna use it to fight, because if you just stand there, it doesn't work. You can't just walk forward all yeah. the time. You ha- you have to be able to back up. But but the sort of unique aspect of it is that as you're backing up, you're not retreating or blocking something, you're hitting something. So you're issuing full power as you back up in the in the form, mm-hmm. rather than kind of withdrawing and right. you know trying to protect yourself, which is right. a more common thing when people back up. So it's uh, the way Bruce put it to me was, you are. Retreating to gain tactical advantage—you are not running away, right? You're not backing up. You're taking a step back so that you can set yourself up. So when the other guy comes forward, you have an even better shot than if you were standing still, right? It's, you know, so it's a—it's an aggression, an aggressive action. You know, it's—it's a, it's a tactical thing, not a. Uh, Fearful retreat, right? Right. because right. Kashini does not have that thing of I am scared, so I back up. It's just that mindset does not exist. You either move back to gain a, a tactical advantage, or you leave. <laughs> right? You you don't you don't stand there trying to you know retreat, 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 retreat. I mean, because the
1: object I'm, is to take space from yeah, the other.
0: Because in because if you you know side. If you take it from a battle, you know, the original intent of it as a battlefield thing, if you aren't taking the other guy's territory, you're losing the battle, even if you're killing more guys, Fine. right? Because if you, you know. The point if, is to
1: get that territory. If, right. And
0: so, Shingy from a tactical advantage is, or perspective, is to always be gaining ground on the other person, um, you know, which it, it's. Uh, it's just a different mindset than to try to kind of like stick and move thing, right? Where you're, you're hitting them and then backing up and then hitting them and backing up. Shinny doesn't do that. You either go forward because you have the tactical advantage in the opening or you wait until there is one and you can retreat a little bit to gain a, a, a advantage. But if that advantage does not show up very quickly then you probably should just leave because you're not going to win that fight. Right, right? <laughs> You know, it's like... If it, you take it, your best shot, yeah. then
1: you might want to want to continue. Right, that. if
0: you take three shots and none of them work, and you change angles three times and none of those work, you should probably just bail on that fight. You know? Right, switch you know, to somebody else. The discretion is the better part of valor, right? And so, you know, ideally that's not the case, but you know, you, you should have the mindset of, well, if I can't win this fight, I shouldn't just try to, like
1: prove something do it
0: out of ego or something yeah exactly prove something you know it's like that's not smart that gets you put in a hospital you know
1: he he brings it up at the end by saying boxing methods are first of all based in application continuous boxing set can be considered continuous application so his idea is that once you learn a single application it's now that the continuous boxing you just keep applying application after application so you just adjust your techniques to suit one of the things he mentions is all the techniques can be done using a saber, spear, staff, or sword. The edge of the blade can be used to chop. The tip of the blade can be used to stab. Um, so he goes off for a while about how, you know, this applies to weapons just yeah, as I much think, as hand-to-hand.
0: I think that's why it's only done on one side, generally. Because it, ha- it does have that thing of, you know, one hand would be the weapon hand. So
1: mm. you kind of always True. have
0: the same side as the or forward sword, side. Shield, <clears throat> right, yeah. But I
1: don't know if that's... How much of that holds
0: up in these days?
1: Drawing from another Li Sui book, the Xingyi Lianhuan Chen book, translated by Joseph Crandall, nineteen ninety four, um, he talks a little bit about the Xing Yi Five Elements Lianhuan set again. Um, the actions and postures of Xingyi Lianhuan Chen are simple, but the ideas are deep. The unbroken waist and curved legs are difficult to achieve. It does not esteem the reckless courage. Hard and soft are mutually mixed. It flows with natural movements. Moreover, the old and weak women and children can all practice it too. I mean, that was just what you were saying about how reckless courage is not, not the deal here. Like you're trying to create these connected, curved, um, body postures, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it's in the name, right? I mean, the, the, the shin, the body, right? E the mind, so the form and the mind have to merge. Right, anybody can do that, and and you know that's the part about it. You know, weak people, old people can do it too, in that shingi's physical movements don't require you to be excessively flexible or, you know, strong or any of that stuff, and, and thus you can use these movements to develop flexibility and power and strength and all this other stuff. So it's it's easy. From one perspective, because it doesn't require you to, like, jump and, you know, flip or do any of that stuff. But it but it can develop this internal power, which can benefit you greatly, you know, especially if you're older. Uh, Wang Jing was famous for, you know, teaching people in their, you know, 60s and 70s, shingi and single palm change stuff, and, you know, using it as a way of developing uh, health and, you know, know, physical sort of, you know, dexterity and flexibility and just kind of, and if you think about the movements of Shingy and Bagua, they, you know, Bagua is more complicated physically, but they don't, you know, they they aren't like Tai Chi where there's this 108 moves of, of something that you have to remember. It's, It's a, it's a short number of movements that you have to remember. And it's the repetition and sort of, uh, work you do within the movements that are you know make it work not the repertoire of technique so you don't have to be you know, you can have a bad shoulder and a bad knee and you know have been in a couple of accidents and you can still practice shingy and, right. and get some benefit from it
1: right as uh, long as you don't overdo it you can Right, where Did some you, leg work, pump the blood you know, a little you
0: couldn't do something maybe that required you to roll around on the ground or get in or, a super low posture or, get, squatting, right, or
1: walking just, really fast or do some sort of yeah, really uh, jumping stuff. you know, exertive kind of activity alright the last thing I want to say is about martial arts book publishing here's Li says we must use and create books and send them out without ceasing it is good for the state of the martial arts in that it will foster very important discussions of the principles and in general to help in practicing the methods. Moreover, one has to have the will to investigate. One can browse through a book and not get the main points. What then occurs is that one will get bored and tired. Accordingly, one can have the book and yet still not be able to function. Automatically, any interest in study will be lost. Um, so he's kind of complaining about how people aren't paying very much attention while they read. But that also the books are boring. Well, and and There's I, a lot of truth to that.
0: Yeah, and I think this, you know, again, this this group that he was part of one of their main you know activities was publishing books and i think that their purpose was to try to get people to practice not to read books so (laughs) the so the the goal you know they were saying you know these books are here because we want to spread these arts but the the real spreading of the art is not for people to read the books it's for people to practice sort of like this podcast you know i mean we sit here talking about it but the you know the, the purpose of the podcast is so that you know people can learn about this stuff so that they'll go practice it not that they'll right. just learn about it to just have it as intellectual knowledge all right. you know that's nice too
1: but. well yeah i agree and like the book like this it does the advice is pretty general and stuff i think to me it's like i get excited and it makes me want to go practice some more it's not that the book taught me everything i need to know it's just it's fun to read about someone else doing it and so it makes me want to do it, you know.
0: Yeah, no book, no video, no two-dimensional object no. is going to ever give you the same experience as a person grabbing your arm and putting you in a position or smacking you and <laughs> doing it. So, you know, all of the, you know, even that, you know, 100 years ago these guys were saying, look, you know, this you can use the materials to aid your practice, but the thing that really makes it work is the practice. And right. I think that you, know,
1: you need some books to get you pumped up and videos to get you inspired and yeah. Um, podcasts and, 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 and
0: I agree and... with him that a lot of them aren't that great. You know, <laughs> the, 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 like some
1: of these older books are just real um, dry, man.
0: Yeah. And a lot of them, you know, they focus on trying to describe techniques You know, and, and you know, and I think just trying the, to try to verbalize in the two dimensions how to do something that's three dimensional. It's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, um,
1: thank goodness we have the video. it, It can,
0: you know, yeah, it can even video though. It doesn't, you know, there are things that you can't get from watching that you get from the person actually putting their hand on you. Sure. And I can tell you that from the experience of having taught zoom classes over the last year, Right. It is, You know, as a teacher, it does not work the same way. I mean, it works a little bit, but it does not work the same way as when you can put your hand on someone and actually make them do something. Right. Um, and, and this stuff has always me- been meant to be a experiential thing, right? Like, you know, that is what makes, I think, the internal martial arts, you know, jive so well with Taoist philosophy because both of them are based on, doing something right mm. the experiencing of what the bo- especially what the body is feeling right and so this whole thing with the five elements and all that you're tying back to just the physical body as the vehicle for the development of you know these internal principles and I think that kind of you know that's endless that never you know, couldn't do, agree you more do that till you're
1: you know, One, dust yeah all right, good cut checking in with you.
0: All right, man, thanks. Okay, so for the Nagong principles portion of the <clears throat> episode here, we're going to work on bending and stretching. Um, so for the physical movement, what you're going to want to do is get yourself in a natural posture with your feet about shoulder width apart, and you put your arms up so your elbows are about the height of your solar plexus. Relax your wrist, relax your shoulders, and without letting your elbow come back towards your body, you're gonna bend your arm till it's about 70% bent. Then you're gonna stretch it till it's about 70% stretched. So there's always this little bit of reserve in either direction. Then you're gonna do the same thing with your legs, you're gonna bend them about 30%. And then you're gonna stretch them. All right, so you just get that little bit of a bend stretch. Try not to let your knees move forward or back. And don't lock your knees as you do it. And the feeling you're looking for is that sort of like a like a jack in the box, right? That it loads a little bit of a spring and then releases. There's no pushing. There's no sense of like heaving your chest forward. And you want to let your breath be as natural and as smooth as possible. And the last bit of it is your waist or your quad. That as your arms and legs bend, you want to sit into your pelvis a little bit and let your claw bend forward. This will make your head and your spine lean forward slightly. And then when you stretch, you want your pelvis to come forward and lift your head up. So your shoulders go up, not back. And then just repeat that action 10, 20 times. Then let your arms drop to your side. Take a deep breath and relax. And then you can kind of come out of the practice. Hey folks, Isaac here again. Uh, Thanks for listening. Just a reminder, check out the Instagram. Like and subscribe. And take care of yourself.